Up next, I'm speaking to Professor Sue Goldstein, who's the Deputy Director for SAMRC, Center for Health, Economics and Decision Science, Priceless SA, with a post-coronavirus nation address. That's by President Cyril Ramaphosa. Um, that is, uh, there, there's all, you know that he's just given us that particular address. But then there's also an address that's uh, taking place tomorrow. Um, by the ministers who are taking the lead on this one, which will consolidate and moving forward with all as government officials are thereby uh, unable to comment at this time. So they're not able to speak to us. So, Dr. so Professor Goldstein um, has uh, obviously listened in on the president's talk um, and, with, and then will be assisting us in understanding some of the issues that have come through. 61 cases, as an example, being mentioned of uh, COVID-19 in the country. Um, and then there's also the uh, Wits University student who has tested positive. What does that mean? Especially with 350 others now instructed to self-isolate, 350 other students. And of course, also schools closing uh, for, as of Wednesday until after uh, Easter. Uh, obviously, very, very many uh, questions and concerns there. But I think the overarching um, theme coming through from the president and everyone else is uh, from the good old uh, Hitchhiker's Guide from the Galaxy uh, or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Do not panic. Good evening to you, Professor, and thank you for joining us. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Am I, am I, am I, am I right about not uh, panicking, about taking the advice of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, you're absolutely right. I think the the um, country has taken the right move. Um, we re- the point is that most of the cases, well, I've read up until case number fifty one, so I don't know the last, the most recent ten, mm-hmm. but most of them come from outside the country. So what we have to do is to try and trace all their contacts and make sure they are they go into quarantine, and then try and stop it from spreading internally. Now, we know that at the moment it's not really spreading fast internally. So the the correct things that the government is doing is to stop or try and stop more Mm. cases coming in, um, but also to stop it spreading internally. So the schools closing is a really big one. Um, Not having meetings of more than 100 people um, is is a really important one, and it's going to affect churches. It's going to affect all sorts of events that are happening. Um, and I think people just need to be sensible and say, okay, this is a different time. This is like being in a different kind of space, and we now have to stay at home if we can. Mm. Um, what worries me a lot is the different kind of homes that we all have. What does it mean to stay home in a shack versus what does it mean to stay home in a three-bedroom house um, is very different. So um, the other thing that I think is important that that they didn't mention and people haven't been mentioning, mm. okay, you wash your hands regularly, but if you're outside um, in, a, in where the air is moving freely, it's much safer than being inside. So, so if you do have a closed, enclosed little shack that you're sharing with three other people, it's better for you to be sitting outside. If, of course, if the weather permits. Mm-hmm. 
Prof, I mean, there's a couple of things that I just want to take you through, and, and, and I hear what you're saying, and I, I myself said it earlier, do, do not panic. And uh, you yeah. also said that it's not spreading fast. I think that what is the concern is that we literally went from 10 people just last week when I did the show. Obviously, people returned back from Italy, um, mm. you know, who had been... Um, you know, been to Italy, been part of this uh, group of people um, who had been part of this uh, tour group, and then suddenly we're sitting on 61 a week later. Ultimately, yeah. what tends to happen then is that uh, people do think that, look, we are dealing with a serious epidemic, that it's hit South Africa. Now, of course, added to that is also the whole issue uh, that now we have internal spreading. So, in other words, it went from one person to the mm-hmm. next internally within South Africa. So, obviously, that is yeah. a major concern. How then do we get people to, A, understand that, uh, you know, what, what is obviously a scientific measure on your side of saying that, listen, it's not spreading fast. And number two, that there's no need to panic, especially since schools are in all likelihood going to shut down on Wednesday. Uh, non-essential travel has basically been uh, kicked out the door. 162,000 people are infected globally and that, uh, you know, we uh, have a, a travel ban. Um, on countries like Italy, Iran, South Korea, Spain, Germany, United States, United Kingdom, as well as China, which, you know, yeah. uh, some uh, include some of our biggest uh, trading partners. Yeah. So, I mean, from a, uh, absolutely, from an economic perspective, I guess it is, is a lot more scary. And I think also from a job perspective, because you stay home, some of the employers are not going to be able to provide um pay for people, sick pay or whatever mm. that's going to be. But I think that is very scary. Um, the government seems to, of course, they, they seem to be on top of it. They've thought of these things. And I think that is what they're going to be, the kind of thing that they're going to be talking about tomorrow, um, I'm hoping. Mm. But I want to say something that I think is not being emphasized enough. Yes, it is a very scary illness and the death rate is very high in older and sick people. Mm. So if you're, if you're over 80, your death, the death rate is around 15%. That means 85 out of 100 people will survive. Hmm. Um, if, if you are between 60 and 80, it goes down, 60 and 70, it goes down to 3.4%, which means that 96 out of 100 people survive. Hmm. So it, it, it is when you've got huge numbers then of people and then it seems like a hugely um, deadly illness. Mm, and it mm. is slightly more, well, it varies. It depends how many you test, what percentage it is. So if you only test the really sick people, then the percentage obviously of people dying is higher. But if you test everybody that's well, and it seems that a lot of children don't get terribly ill for some reason you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, and if you're under the age of, of like 40, the, the death rate is, is very, very low. It's less than, I don't know, it's less than 1%. So hmm. I think people, so that, that's one perspective that I think is very important. Yeah. I think another thing is that you can, that you can do something. So you can wash your hands. You can stay sort of your distance from people. It's something new to be learned. You don't hug and kiss all the time, um, shaking hands. Um, but also what, what I found fascinating about the British response was you can also help other people. So if you've got elder people in the community who need to be isolated, you can help them by buying them groceries or helping them 
stay isolated so that they don't get infected because they're the ones at the highest risk. Sure. Ultimately, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and it's very true. Um, and, and I heard what the president was also saying, uh, you know, and, and sometimes I guess when you have, uh, for lack of a better term, a, a prepared speech filled with sound bites, mm-hmm. it doesn't immediately stand out because I was wondering what does the president mean by that we need to uh, work together, that we need to join hands and yes. that we need to assist each other. Because I was saying, how do I help people, you know? Um, ultimately exactly. that, you know, it's this, this this thing that we have to do together. And I hear him on that, but obviously, as I said, I, I didn't quite understand what what was what we were saying. You put put it into perspective, the whole idea of saying that, listen, help people, for example, elderly pe- people in particular who are uh, more high at, at higher risk, maybe assist them with grocery shopping and that type of thing. However, as people, we're innately selfish and I've already started to see certain yeah. behaviors. I mean, um, I was sitting in a cinema yesterday and I promise you, it, it got very uncomfortable every time someone cleared their throat. It got um, very uncomfortable every time someone had a slight cough. And I think that, you know, as f- from that perspective, we're going to have people being very nervous and, and looking out for number one, and that's themselves. So how then do we make sure that the, that doesn't turn into a panicked self-preservation where people now are yeah. buying up every single last bit of um, hand sanitizer that's available in a shop for one thing and yeah, number two yeah. that they don't sort of become you know that things just become a bit chaotic out there uh, uh, come Monday morning yeah. when probably we see a higher count yeah so I don't look I mean uh, this panic buying is, is very silly but protecting yourself is not really selfish and I'll tell you why mm. it's very important for the health services in South Africa one of the issues that we don't know is we don't know how this virus is going to react with HIV and TB. Mm. So we don't know if those populations are going to be more vulnerable, which is in South Africa, as you know, we've got 7.2 million people who are HIV positive and one of the high, biggest TB, TB epidemics in the world. So that that is a huge concern. What we need to be doing is thinking about how to preserve spaces in our hospitals and health systems for people who really need emergency care. And those are going to be the really sick people. So one of the things you can do, for example, and it is a selfish thing, but it's fine, is mm. to have a flu injection. Mm-hmm. So, And all our health workers must have flu injections. We must protect our health workers because without them, we can't survive the epidemic. So we have to protect our health workers. We have to have flu injections. If you're HIV positive, you must be on your treatment because that will definitely help you. Um, If you have got high blood pressure or diabetes, keep on your treatment because that will assist you. So those kinds of things, they are selfish, but it's good in a way to be self-preservative because it will help in the long run not put pressure on the health system. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a final thought, I mean, you know, uh, the president comes out and speaks to us at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're going to have a delegation of ministers speaking to the nation. As I mentioned, yeah. I went through the list of things that have already been uh, mentioned. Uh, gatherings of more than 100 people have been put on hold. Um, yeah. Schools sh- sh- shutting down on, on, on Wednesday up until after Easter weekend. Um, that already raises a whole bunch of questions. Is that uh, just public schools? Is it uh, pri- private and yeah. public schools, et cetera, et cetera? So, so all of those questions automatically come up. But I mean, um, and then obviously the list of countries where we have a travel ban, et cetera. I mean, how then do we turn around looking at that particular situation 
um, and, and keep people from, from, from panicking. Is this a president and a government taking charge of the situation and saying, listen, we're trying to contain this thing to no more than 61 people and, and whoever else might, you know, uh, in the next couple of days come forward as being yeah. corona positive? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think they're doing absolutely the right thing. There's nothing, you know, um, there are different approaches, and, and I've been doing a lot of reading about it, I'm sure as a lot of people have. Yeah. There's some conflicting ideas. It's all quite new. There are lots of things we don't know. But it seems to me that the government is listening very carefully to the scientific advice, mm. and they they have got a fantastic team at the National Institute of Communicable Diseases, and I think that they're doing the right thing. It, it it is hard not to panic. Uh, mm. I mean, it's something that we are in uncharted waters. We're in a place where we've never been before. But I must say, we as a society have dealt with um, an epidemic of HIV, mm. where we have, you know, when when HIV started and there was no cure, um, and there still isn't a cure, but there was no treatment. Mm. People came out of the woodwork and cared for others and went to their homes and looked after them. I mean, yeah. it, was a, it, it was a huge effort um, nationally. And at that time, the government didn't help. Mm. Um, so I think this is the right approach. I think it's going to work out well. I think people, the thing that also that you need to think about is that it's definitely going to be more than 61. Sure, There's no sure. doubt about that. Okay. Um, but we want to stop it from being like in the hundreds of thousands. So just as a final thought, um, a lot of people will turn around within this current, uh, you know, after the president's address, um, amidst the panic, amidst the concern, um, then, you know, people will turn around and say, hey, we went and fetched a hundred and some odd people from Wuhan who we've put into uh, quarantine in Polokwani. Uh, people will yeah. say, but hang on, we've been telling the president for quite some time that he really needs to act on this. We need to have a travel ban. I mean, I've, I've been having these conversations now almost for the last month, two to three weeks now, right? Um, yeah. Talking about uh, not even two to three weeks. In fact, uh, literally a month, every week, mm. we've been discussing mm. coronavirus. And people call yeah. into the show and literally say, but hang on a second. Why are we allowing people in? We should have a travel ban, et cetera, et cetera. What do you say to people that will turn around and say that, well, it's a lot. Thank you, President Cyril Ramaphosa, but it's too late. <laughs> you know, at, uh, there's a saying when with an epidemic is that if you if you take two drastic measures early, um, you you and and things go well, then you have then you've done it. You've been over mm, um, mm. cautious. Um, but if things don't go well, then why did you do it late? Too late. Mm. So I think it's very, very difficult. Damned if you do, damned um, if you don't, basically. Exactly. Uh, you know, and I think that they're doing the right thing at the moment. And they're tracking every single case mm. that comes out, which is, I think, uh, a massive effort. 100%. Listen, uh, Prof, thank you so much for your time. All the best yeah. to you. And uh, yeah, let's hope yeah, that uh, this doesn't turn out into zombie apocalypse panic. <laughs> I'm sure it won't, but stay safe. Thank you so much. And uh, don't shake hands with people. Yeah, I think that's going to be a golden rule now. I think last week I was sort of flexible about it. I think this week I'm definitely not going to be flexible with it. Thank you so much. That was uh, Professor Sue Goldstein.